Israel is on the brink of attacking the Hamas headquarters in Gaza City, and the U.S. is now recommending that Israel use smaller bombs so they won't hurt so many civilians. Messianic World Update begins now. Shalom, everybody. I'm Monty Jude with Lion Lamb Ministries. Welcome to another edition of Messianic World Update. Today's date is Friday, November 10th of the year 2023. Before I give you an update about what's going on in the Middle East with all the different nations that are over there, including Israel and their war with Gaza, I thought I'd share just a little bit of a Bible story with you because it has a lot to do with what's going on in Israel today. The story is about the two sons that were born to Isaac. One of them was Esau, the other one was Jacob. Now Esau was the firstborn, and Jacob is the one that came out with his hand on his heel. In fact, the name Jacob means hand on the heel. Now these two boys grew, and there came a time when Abraham passed, and they were holding Abraham's funeral. And Esau was late. He was out doing other things, and he finally came in, and he saw that Jacob had made this lentil stew. And so he asked for some of the stew, said he was famished, that he would die if he didn't get something to eat. And Jacob, in trying to honor his grandfather Abraham, said, first sell me your birthright so that I can carry out the honor of taking care of our grandfather. Esau didn't value his birthright. He didn't really value his grandfather Abraham or his father Isaac for that matter. So he agreed. And then later, when Isaac is getting older and he's wondering about ready to pass down the birthright blessing, he dispatches his older son Esau out to get game for him to build a savory meal for him so he could give him his birthright. But because of prophecies that God had given to Rebekah, the mother of the two boys, and because Rebekah urged Jacob to do it, Jacob instead went in in the appearance of Esau and served up a meal to his father Isaac, and Isaac blessed Jacob instead of Esau with the birthright blessing. So when Esau came in, why well, he felt like his blessing had been stolen, that his brother had stolen it. And from that point on, Esau was swearing that he was going to kill his brother Jacob. And thus begins the story of the conflict between Esau and Jacob. There is a very famous teaching and prophecy that we have in the Bible, which says uh, what happens to the fathers will happen to the descendants. And the conflict that we see in the Middle East today is the outworking of that prophecy. We see the descendants of Esau wanting to kill the descendants of Jacob because Esau claims that Jacob is stolen his birthright blessing. And by the way, that birthright blessing included the land of Israel. So that's the reason why the Palestinians are saying, hey, the Jews are occupiers of our land. It is not their land. It was given by God to Jacob, not to Esau. This is an ancient story that's working its way out right now in the Middle East. So with that as an opening for you, let's talk about what's going on in the Middle East now. In Israel, the war in Gaza has progressed very well. And in fact, Israel is trying to be very cautious about it 
but they're clearly ahead of schedule, accomplishing way more than they thought they would in this time frame. Obviously, the IDF's bombing campaign in Gaza has prepared the battlefield for them very well. Yes, they're making good progress, but 37 IDF soldiers have died in the process. That's still far less than what they were anticipating. The focus of the IDF in Gaza is to eliminate Hamas and find those hostages and deliver them and save them from the plight where they're at. That isn't necessarily where the world is coming from, and a lot of the allies of Israel have lost focus on that, but Israel is focused on getting those hostages back. To this extent that Israel so far has reported that they've been able to destroy more than 130 tunnels, and these tunnels are working their way into Shifa Hospital. That's the hospital that Hamas claimed that Israel had bombed, but they didn't. It was a Islamic Jihad missile that fell errant out of the sky, hit the parking lot of that hospital, killed about a couple of dozen people there, but they blamed Israel for it. Now, there, that's the Hamas headquarters that's under that hospital. Right now, Israel is engaging that command center, and they have killed nearly 50 Hamas men trying to guard it, and they are penetrating that area. And by the time I give this broadcast, Israel may well have captured the Hamas headquarters underneath that hospital. They are, in particular, looking for one particular Hamas leader, although several Hamas leaders have been killed, his name is Yahya Sinwar. He's one of the original founders of Hamas. He was originally in prison, was one of the ones that was released in a prisoner exchange. He's running things in Hamas, and Israel definitely wants to get him for sure. Now, some Hamas operatives, because of the way things are going, and this is a cautious report, are apparently refusing the orders now of Hamas leaders, and they're running away. You see, Israel has all their phones, has all of their communications, is listening to everything that Hamas is talking about doing, even from their tunnels, and Israel is able to counter all of those different commands. And they are now noting that Hamas is having a huge breakdown in morale, I guess after being bombed for a month. I guess they've lost heart a little bit. Now, the U.S. has been pursuing Israel to help in the humanitarian thing, and they called for a ceasefire. Israel said absolutely not. That would only aid Hamas and still endanger hostages as well. So they've agreed to four-hour pauses. This is on a random rolling basis. Israel will stop attacking certain regions of Gaza. That allows the civilians that are in the Gaza Strip to be able to walk down the main roads and go south and to escape from where the warfare is taking place. The U.S. president has been making statements like he wanted more than a three-day pause. They're not calling a ceasefire, it's called a pause. And Netanyahu said no to President Biden, thank goodness. President Biden doesn't run Israel and doesn't tell the Israel IDF how to run their war. I'd just like to remind the president about that. In any case, he's only saying that because the Hamas protesters in favor of Hamas are telling the White House that that's what they should do to have a ceasefire. We're not going to have a ceasefire. Israel has refused to do it. We also have this most recent report that is very disturbing. You know, we're learning more about what happened back on October 7th. 
Israel has been able to capture some of the operational plans and documents about how Hamas pulled this off, the attack. One of the things that's been discovered is that there's some embedded reporters, photojournalists, that working for the New York Times, Reuters, AP, and CNN, and that these guys, for some reason, rode in with the Hamas terrorists on the back of their motorcycles with their equipment so that they could take photos of the slaughter that took place that morning. Now, how is it that these photojournalists had all this information on exactly when the attack was going to take place, and how is it they were right there when the attack started, and how did they, in less than an hour after the attack began, were they sending their photos and their reports, news reports, back to those news agencies? Of course, the question is, did AP, Reuters, CNN, or New York Times have any idea what was getting ready to happen and they didn't say anything at all? Now, they're all denying, we didn't know anything, we didn't know anything. But this goes to show that the Western media is in favor of the Palestinians way more than Israel, and they are complicit in the slaughter that took place. As I understand it, one of the reporters has been fired. So this is part of the strategy that's going on now in the U.S., the complicity with the media, the government, it doesn't know what to do. You're going to love this one. In fact, this frustrated me and turned my stomach when I found out about this. The DOD actually came and told Israel, you need to do a better job of protecting the Palestinian civilians. Now, this is a war that's going on, and they suggested maybe Israel could use smaller bombs. A 250-pound bomb will kill a civilian just as fast as a 500-pound bomb will. I do not understand the logic of how they came up with that. That was a brilliant stroke of somebody who clearly does not understand warfare. Israel is taking the position, we want all hostages released, including all of the children, including all the foreign hostages, including all of the Israeli hostages. We want them all released. Now, do we know if they still are alive? No. Do we have an accurate count as to how many there are? No, we don't. The so-called negotiations going on with Qatar and so forth, trying to release hostages, it's an exercise in futility, folks. It really is. Qatar is in bed with Hamas. You know, it's, I don't believe that this is going to pan out whatsoever. If you stop and think about the logic of it, at this point, the Hamas terrorists know that if they release those hostages, whether, you know, there's a bullseye sitting right on top of them with Israel, the only thing keeping them alive is keeping the hostages at the moment. But that's not going to last very long if we've got Israel going through those tunnels, finding them and taking out the Hamas terrorists all along the way. Here in the U.S. and all around the world, there's these pro-Palestinian Hamas protests in the U.S. And right now, the U.S. and the U.S. citizens and Congress are dealing with what in the world is going on. How is it possible that we have any Americans or any of the Western nations standing up and saying they agree to support Hamas that is 
slaughtered and killed people and stolen and kidnapped children. It absolutely makes no sense. And of course, this business of calling for a ceasefire is a totally impractical thing for the supporters to ask for. It's just not going to happen. You know, of course, when they ask them about that ceasefire, they ask the protesters, is Hamas a terrorist organization? The protesters refuse to answer that question. But they will answer the question, do you think that Israel should be eliminated? They will answer that and say, yes, we think Israel should be eliminated. This last week, there's a man by the name of Paul Kessler, 69 years old, out in the streets in California, waving the Israeli flag, supporting, his, showing his support for Israel against pro-Hamas supporters. One of the pro-Hamas supporters crossed over the line, came up with his bullhorn, knocked him upside the head, knocked him down, and he cracked his head on the pavement and later died. They're still trying to figure out if this is a hate crime out there in California. They're still trying to figure that out. A guy came over and just killed a Jew. You know, here in America, it is beyond me that we have come to this point in this country with the knowledge of World War II and the Holocaust. You'll be happy to know that President Obama was recently interviewed and he was asked about the whole Gaza war and he made a statement. He said, now, what happened on October 7th, that was a horrendous thing. That was a terrible thing that those terrorists coming over there and hurting those Israeli citizens. But then he backed up and he said, but you gotta remember now the Palestinians, they've had it tough too, you know, and he wants to establish a moral equivalency that Hamas terrorists are somehow justified in slaughtering babies and killing families in their home in Israel. It's not working. I don't believe in moral equivalency. I think that if somebody comes over to your house and I don't care who you are and he invades your house, and he kills your family, I don't think he deserves life anymore. I don't think there's any, I'm not gonna do any moral equivalency because he economically didn't have the same opportunities as other people did or whatever. So let's shift gears and talk about the northern border. You know, they're saying that the northern border hasn't erupted yet. However, there is full combat taking place across the border. The only thing that hasn't happened is troops aren't crossing the border and heavy missiles not being launched, but everything else is being shot. And Israeli soldiers are dying and Hamas terrorists are dying. In the West Bank, the IDF has their hands full killing and arresting Palestinian Islamic Jihad terrorists. Here just in the recent day or so, 14 of them were killed, 41 of them were arrested and Israel took out eight of them with a drone and a drone strike on a whole nest of terrorists there in the city of Jenin. The settlers and the civilians, Israeli civilians that are in and around those areas, they're at risk. And in fact, there's reports now that the Palestinians are sending people in under the cover of the olive harvest because they have olive groves around those areas to spy on them and so forth. When the Israelis come out to check on them and, and hold them at bay, then they video the settlers coming out and challenging the people coming in to surveil them 
and potentially harm them. And of course, that's the video then that comes back to the United States, and then we have representatives of the Muslim Brotherhood here in America that then take it to the State Department, to the White House, and to Central Command and say, see, we have these settlers over there in Israel, and that settler violence, they're threatening other Palestinian civilians. The exact opposite is taking place. And in fact, there is no settler violence going on. All there is is a setup by the Muslim Brotherhood and the ISM organization with the Muslim Brotherhood. And they're infiltrating. In fact, Israel just announced they arrested a 16-year-old Palestinian boy who'd been recruited by Hamas out of Gaza. He was specifically going in to surveil the settlers and the settlements in the West Bank and Judea so that they could figure out how they were going to raid and attack them. And they'd recruited him. They were going to get him a weapon so he could go and do a suicide attack and kill as many settlers as he possibly could. The same kind of tactic that was used in southern Israel. They're plotting against the settlers there in the West Bank in the Sumerian and Judean mountains. I want to remind you that I have recommended you to go to a certain site it's called serveisrael.com. At the top banner of that website, there's a place where you can donate to a program called Ittai. And Operation Ittai is the program that we are trying to get defensive equipment sent over to protect those civilians and settlers from what is impending and what is about to take place. Get them some bulletproof vests, get them some helmets, get them flashlights, get them drones so they can protect themselves. The government has issued some weapons to them. We've got old men, teenagers, and women now manning guns to try to protect themselves from Palestinian terrorists coming out of the West Bank and the Judean area against it. We've already had several incidents in southern Hebron as well as up into areas in the West Bank. This is a whole nother scenario waiting to happen uh, that's just like what happened down in southern Israel. By the way, the Israeli government made a request to buy more M16s, specifically to arm civilians inside of Israel all throughout the land. And when the liberal left found out that oh, it might some of the weapons might go to help the settlers in the West Bank, they're blocking the effort trying to get the U.S. administration not to approve the sale of those weapons back to those people. In the meantime, they're not armed. They're just trying to hang on. So let's talk about what's going on down in Yemen, down to the south. The Hutu rebels, the, you heard the reports, they had launched some cruise missiles that had been shot down. The Aero 4 system is the first attack that's been used and so forth. But we also had another attack down in the southern part of Israel in Elat, which is the resort community that's down there at the Gulf of Aqaba. It was a UAV that had flown in and it attacked a school there in Elat. It turns out that that UAV is an Iranian UAV that was launched by the Iranians out of Iraq, flew down through Jordan, got down into the Red Sea, and then came up to attack Elat. And that was from Iran. So Iran has now attacked Israel proper with one of their attack drones. 
You may have also heard reports this week that the U.S. forces are being attacked now frequently in Syria and Iraq. There's a number of bases that have been hit. In fact, there's more than 40 attacks that have come from Iranian proxies. The U.S. has already twice bombed other things, saying to Iran, back off, don't, don't be hitting our forces. And they've been using a buildup of U.S. forces in the area. But you'll be happy to know that we again responded by going over in eastern Syria. We blew up an Iranian warehouse that didn't have anything in it. But we blew it up. And boy, that was definitely telling the Iranians, leave us alone and do not mess with us. Actually, the most significant thing that they've done is the buildup of U.S. strategic forces, not the least of which is this week they announced, and this is a very surprise announcement, that the USS Florida has now entered the Persian Gulf. The USS Florida is an SSBM. It is an Ohio-class nuclear submarine, and it carries more than 150 Tomahawk cruise missiles, and special forces that are actually on board that can be dispatched into a coastal raid or whatever. Let me just go ahead and tell you, that is a very strange thing for the DOD. They usually do not announce anywhere those particular submarines go. And obviously what they're doing is trying to broadcast a message to Iran that we have the means to do a lot of damage to you. In fact, those 150 Tomahawk cruise missiles could wreck Iran in a day, in a day, could wreck the place. That would take years for them to recover. I don't know that Iran is getting the message. I don't know that they really understand, you know, and I think the reason why they're not getting the message is because who believes that President Joe Biden is actually going to do anything with Iran? I don't believe it. I think he's compromised. I think he's just doing a show of force and he's blowing up some warehouses and so forth. I think he's scared to do it for a whole variety of reasons. So it's not really much of a deterrent. You know, there is no, they don't believe in the strength of the U.S. And so they continue to do what they want to do. Let me remind you of something I shared with you last week and I want to repeat it to you again. This is a war of elimination using guerrilla tactics and proxies. It's, it's literally between Ir Iran and all of Israel, but it's also including the Western world because they're attacking the U.S. because they consider the U.S. connected with Israel. The U.S. is not going to escape this, and Israel is not going to escape it. This is not a war of conquest or attrition or where we're going to have some sort of peace treaty between them. One of them is going to die. Either Israel is going to die or the terrorists are going to die. That's your two choices on how to end this thing. This is also a regional war. This is not a local action only with Israel and Gaza. Given the amount of ordnance that's flying around already, there's no question that we already have a regional war, but everybody's afraid to have that. And the belief is that this regional war has the potential to light the fuse on a world war. And oh, by the way, they are correct on that. However, I think it's a very long fuse. It's not something that's going to come instantaneous. I think we're going to definitely have a regional war. I think it's inevitable. And oh, by the way, let me go ahead and tell you what the latest Iranian representatives said to Qatar in the negotiations for the hostages. It is inevitable, he said, that there will be a regional war 
with Israel and all of its neighbors and with Iran. So it's very clear now that Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas, and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and the proxies that are working for Iran and the Hutu rebels, they only have one goal, and they are happy to kill as many Jews as they possibly can. You can expect this is going to spread out of the Middle East, and those terrorists will be looking for Jews to hurt. By the way, hate to tell you this, but in every nation of the world, Jews are being attacked right now. Now, let's step back for a moment, and let's say that the pro-Hamas protesters who have made the statement it would be best to eliminate Israel and kill all the Jews. Let's say that that gets believed. Let's say it's more than just protest. Let's say public opinion, national opinion, it rises up to where that Iran and Hezbollah and all of those that are in that region, they say, hey, the world's behind us. Let, let's do the world a favor and let's kill all the Jews. So let's say that they really start the real action. Let's have a giant rocket barrage coming into Israel, an invasion from the north, troops coming down over the border, making their way into the Judean and Siberian mountains to join up with the other Palestinian terrorists that are there. And let's threaten the very state of Israel. And oh, by the way, if they were to pull that off, the state of Israel would be truly threatened. That would be in question as whether or not Israel was so it. Let's go ahead and answer this question. Would the U.S. help? Would they put troops in to help Israel? The answer is no. That's already a no. The U.S. is not going to come to the aid of Israel with troops in Israel. So what will Israel do? What can they possibly do? Well, let me go ahead and just tell you a little bit about Israel, for those of you who are familiar with the modern nation. As a result of the Holocaust, they have said never again. As a result of the history of Israel with the Romans and the famous story of Masada, they said, we're not doing that again. We're not going to commit suicide. We're not going to surrender, and we're not going to give up. We're going to take everybody out. And Israel would then be motivated in a regional war to do exactly that. By the way, I would remind you that Israel does have the weapons to take out every nation that surrounds them. Now, that's going to light a long fuse for a world war because it'll change the dynamics of the world tremendously. As to what's going to stop it or what's going to promote it, all I can tell you right now is that our leaders of our nation and other nations that are involved with this whole process, our leaders are compromised. You know, one of the things that the Bible teaches that if a leader accepts a bribe, that it literally compromises the leader to where he is, becomes morally bankrupt, and he has no ability to tell the difference between right and wrong, and he just can't do the right thing anymore. And I look at the United States of America right now, and I understand how compromised our leadership is with all the different nations. The investigations going on with the Biden family for taking bribes, I have no doubt that he has no ability to make the right decision whatsoever on anything. And with the media, with all of its propaganda spreading lies, and I mean unbelievable lies that they're doing, we just caught them red-handed with some of their photojournalists participating with the Hamas terrorists. 
The average citizen here in America, especially a whole bunch of the, the Christian world, has no idea what's going on in this country. They have no idea what's going on in the world or what's going on with Israel, and they have no idea what the prophecies have said about the world that we live in. We've heard recently this phrase used by the pro-Hamas supporters, from the river to the sea. That phrase is a famous phrase for Hamas, meaning they want all the Jews killed from the Jordan River all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. They don't want, don't want Israel to be anymore. And so they're going around promoting that. They're all the, chanting that. They have no idea that Hamas, if they had the opportunity, would kill them. In fact, let me give you another phrase that comes out of the Muslim extremist world. First, we will kill those on Saturday, and then we will kill those on Sunday. Let me go ahead and translate that for you. They want to kill all the Jews that keep the Saturday Sabbath, and then they're going to go to town on the Christians that keep church on Sunday. That is the phrase that Hamas terrorists say. That is what Muslim terrorists say. That is what Iran says. I would remind you, they chant in the streets, death to Israel, death to America, with the same breath. So that's our report. Ladies and gentlemen, please pray for Israel. Please give consideration for contacting Serve Israel and help some unarmed civilians to somehow make it through this for what's happening. Shabbat Shalom. Shalom, everyone. I'm Monty Judah with Lion Lamb Ministries, and today I'm coming to you with a very important message. You've heard of the atrocities waged against the Jewish people living in southern Israel near the Gaza Strip by Hamas on October 7th of this year. While the Israeli army is attacking in the south, on the northern border of Lebanon and Syria is Hezbollah waiting to attack as well. There's also another area called the West Bank, or more appropriately, Judea and Sumerian Mountains. There are approximately 500,000 Jewish Israelis living in this area of the West Bank, and they're surrounded by over two million people in hostile Arab communities. The men of these Jewish families have been called up to serve in the war. That leaves women, children, and older men on their own in those communities. 25% of those people are less than 14 years of age. The Israel is equipped, has equipment for its soldiers, but these families in Judea and Samaria do not have the equipment they need to protect themselves. Lion and Lamb Ministries is partnering with Hayavel and the Israel guys in Israel and the United States to purchase bulletproof vests, helmets, night vision goggles, drones, flashlights, and other equipment that is going directly to these families to help defend themselves. To join us in this effort, please go directly to serveisrael.com and click on the red banner on the top of the screen. You'll be taken to Operation Itai website where you can donate to this very important effort to get urgently needed equipment and supplies to these families in Judea and Samaria. Please join me in partnering with Hayavel and the Israel guys to protect these families from another horrific situation like what happened in southern Israel recently. Thank you and Shalom.